Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed Word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Romans 4 verse 17 to 24. Now, I would encourage every one of us, if you have never done a book Bible study before, you know, there are different types of Bible study, right? There is what is called a microscopic Bible study, whereby you read the Bible passages verse by verse, line by line. It is like you are, it's like looking through a microscope, trying to look at small chunks of the scripture. So when you're doing a microscopic Bible study, you probably can take one verse and then begin to dissect it in the same way that, you know, if you take a little object under a microscope, you can see so many different things in it. So a microscopic Bible study allows you to look at different aspects of a verse, you know. Yeah. We can probably practice some today, but now I want to give you an overview. And then there is uh, something called topical Bible study. You know, topical Bible study is where you, 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 you make it a point that I want to study about love. So if you want to do topical Bible study, you pick a topic like love, or let's say light, or you want to learn about the resurrection, or you want to learn about peace, or I don't know what you want to learn about, uh, what your favorite topics are. But a good reference Bible has uh, something like a mini concordance at the back. Or some of them have notes in the bottom of the Bible and then on the margins, where it allows you to cross-reference something. So for instance, in 1 Corinthians 13, where it talked about, you know, love, um, love uh, suffered long, it, love is not puffed up, you know. You will see that in a good reference Bible, there are different parts of the, of the Bible where the word love appears. So if you are doing a topical Bible study, you are not reading from a particular chapter or verse of a book. Everywhere in the Bible where that topic is discussed, you keep following the references and then you cover the, that topic in a very comprehensive way. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, but you see, there is also one type of Bible study, which I think and by the way, these types of Bible studies are not, um, how do I put it, mutually exclusive. They are not said that if you do one, then you cannot do the other. They all serve different purposes. But the topical Bible study, for me, has been very valuable, especially to get a very broad panoramic view like a, a, a bird's eye view, if you understand what they say, a bird's eye view right. of an entire book. 
or an entire session of the Bible, what you do is that you time yourself and you read at a slow pace and you cover a lot of ground or a lot of landscape in the Bible, you know? Now, one way of doing that is doing what we call a book study, a book study. You see, do you know what we are doing these days? Because you see, the reading service, the time may come, we, we won't need to do it. Because you will be the one holding weekday services with your Wasenta members or your Gacenta members. Believe it or not. Amen. Yeah. You, Amen. you understand? What, be, because you see, what we are doing now is that we are training and raising what I call a tribulation force. If, if any of you is familiar with the Left Behind uh, movie series or book series, because they were books before they became movies. The Left Behind movie, and then one of them was called Tribulation Force. It's like a force who worked for God on the earth during a time of great distress, during the time of tribulation. There's the tribulation and there's the great tribulation. Now there's a big debate in the Bible, among Bible scholars about timing of the great tribulation. There's a deep debate. You have the, um, you know, a millionist, a millionist, like uh, the, the, something that the tribulation come before the uh, thousand year reign of Christ. Then you have the pre-millionist, uh, millionaires, like the pre who believe that the tribulation, the entire tribulation period is before the millennium. There are some who are called pre-trib, Pre-trib is like they think that the rapture will happen before the tribulation. There are some who are called mid-trip. Mid-trip is like they think they say that the rapture of the church will happen in the middle of the tribulation. And there are some who are called post-trip, who think that the church will go through the whole seven-year tribulation and after that the rapture happens. For me, I think if you ask me which one is your uh, your choice, I, I believe all of them. <laughs> How can that be consistent? Well, the smart thing to do, Sister Felicia, the smart thing to do, you know what the smart thing to do would be? Is to is to be ready all the time. Amen. So that if it happens to be, if the rapture happens to before the tribulation period, if you go, you go. If it happens to be, if the tribulation starts, the rapture has not happened and we are passing through it you are ready. And if it is after the tribulation, you are ready. So that if you if you make your mind that, oh, the rapture is going to happen after the tribulation, and they say the man of the man of sin, the Antichrist, is going to appear. And since I've been born, I haven't seen no Antichrist on the scene. So you keep on living your life as nothing is on the scene or in the horizon. That is a big mistake. Since Jesus said nobody knows the time, the best thing is to be ready all the time. Hallelujah. Now, the reason I went into this digression is that I was speaking about preparing a tribulation force, a force who God can use in hard times. Like kind of like Bishop's crusade team, the A team who go out to prepare for the crusades. Right. These are the guys who go to a place where there is no road. You get it? And they create a road in the forest a month or so before the trucks arrive. They, they go ahead of time and, and prepare. I mean, only people who are hardened in their mind can be engaged in that type of thing. A friend of mine one time visited the Healing Jesus campaign 
he went from America as a visitor. And when he arrived, they gave him a list. Somebody met him and gave him a list. What is this list? They said, oh, we heard you were coming. This is, this is the job we have prepared for you. You cannot just come and pass here and just be a visitor. We have a job. Before he knew it, he was helping uh, dismantle structures. Do you get it? What I'm saying is that if we are going to be, be able to endure the changing times and the harsh times, the world. See, the, the COVID, COVID that we have seen, it, it caught everybody by surprise. I mean, all of us were 31 December making all kinds of declarations. And we were saying 2020, uh, what do you call it? Uh, perfect vision. But it just, it just came. So I'm not trying to prophesy any bad thing, but what I'm saying is that the smart thing is to be prepared. Hallelujah. Amen. And the best preparation for us is to saturate ourselves with the word of God. Now, if you are going to do a book study, because where we start, where I started from was talking about different types of Bible study. And a book study is one of the things that do yourself a favor. Okay, do yourself a favor and decide to use a book for your quiet time, for a whole book for your quiet time for a season. Because you see, there's one way of Today you are reading um, what you call First Thessalonians 2, 3. You are reading Tatos. These are all nice. But to do a book study as a Bible time also forces you to read the whole book at one go. Not at one go, it's as in one day. But, you know, finish the book before you read something else. Now, one of the best books to use for a book study is Romans. Wow. Okay. Hallelujah. Amen. So all Amen. of this that I'm saying is pointing you to I want you to read Romans. Amen. Romans, Amen. Romans is considered to be the, um, the, the one of the high points of the Pauline revelation or Pauline theology. The revelation of Christ or the revelation of salvation as given to Christ. The Romans, because you see in the other epistles, like Ephesians, he wrote six chapters. Uh, Thessalonians, I think, uh, in one was four chapters, one was three chapters. Timothy, maybe three chapters, and not very long. Romans is very long. I think about 16 chapters or so. So Paul took his time from chapter one, talking about the revelation of the fall of man, and the, and the chapter chapter one, verse 16, you know, that um, the, the salvation, that we are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, and then develops it through chapter by chapter. And by the time he got to chapter four, he's beginning to build up a theology of faith. Hallelujah. Amen. The faith that we discover in Romans 10, that you get saved by believing, and that faith comes by hearing. That faith was introduced in Romans chapter four. And so, and so let's go to Romans chapter four. And then starting from verse number 17. What reading, what reading chunks of the Bible and especially a book study will do for you is that it begins to saturate your soul. Okay. It begins to saturate your soul with the full counsel of God. Your soul begins to um, get illumination. There's 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 a light that comes into you. As you read and meditate on God's thoughts, God, the, the scriptures are God's thoughts. So in Romans 4 17, 
um, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Are you there? Yeah. Yes. I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Okay, continue. We are going to go all the way to 24. Okay. Who, contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Notice that so shall your descendants be is in quotes. So it is describing what was spoken. It's like the direct words from God. God showed him the stars of uh, in the sky and then the sun on the on the ground, and he says, "So shall your descendants be." So that was the word. That is the word. Is that according to what was spoken? What was spoken is what is in, into into quotes. Continue. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Cyrus womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Can you show verse 20 to 24 in the King James? And then we're going to come back to this version. Because the topic is faith is to stagger not. So that's where stagger came from this verse in the King James. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. But for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So let's keep in mind that when Paul was writing to the Romans, the only scriptures that were available to Paul was the Old Testament. So if you were a preacher, if you were a preacher in the days of Peter and Paul and the others, you know, in the first century, your Bible was the 39 books of the Old Testament. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now, those of us who studied, um, or those of you who studied Bible knowledge in high school, or maybe religious studies in uh, uh, or other other studies. There, there is a saying that, um, you know, some of the gospels got their source from a book that was circulating, like the sayings of Jesus was circulating in a source called Q. Nobody knew why they named it Q. I think Q means source in the Greek. But what was happening was that there was not the bound New Testament. It was. In fact, much of the scripture you read in the Gospels, especially the sayings of Jesus, they had composed songs with it. 
they were singing songs with it for years before it was written down as the Bible. Hallelujah. Amen. So when Paul goes to a synagogue and he's preaching, he's reading from Isaiah, from Jeremiah, from Genesis. He's reading the Bible at that time was the Old Testament. And so don't be surprised. Because today when we are preaching on faith, like Felicia was saying, that I mean, preaching from Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews was not written at that time. So Paul is using an account about the life of one of the people that worked with God. In fact, the one who is called the father of faith. Paul is using his life and he's using his life to describe, to describe a theology of faith, a teaching of faith, an understanding of faith. Now I need you to understand that there's a mystery to the Bible. Okay. There's a mystery in the sense that what we hold in our hands is sacred, not only because of the contents of what it tells us, which you cannot find anywhere else, but there appears to be a mysterious working behind it, such that people have even discovered something called Bible coach in the, in the original text, Hebrew text of the Bible. I don't know whether you've heard Bible code before. So that if you take Genesis, people have been able to do, uh, uh, um, like, like the original Hebrew text, if you take equal distances from, let's say every fifth letter, pick every fifth letter, do you get it? Yeah. Across, across, and then every fifth letter down. Yeah. Amazingly, you will discover that it is giving something meaningful. Wow, okay. Like, like it can give a meaningful something. And, and people have found historical events, historical events that are hidden in the Bible course. So for instance, there was a, there was a, a certain Jewish uh, Israeli prime minister. And by the way, um, mathematicians, and computer scientists have developed a way of, you know, decoding it, you know, um, from the original, it's, 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 it appears to work only in the original Hebrew text or more so in the original Hebrew text. Okay. But when Moses was writing the, the, the five books, I don't know, I mean, was he pre-planning this? Because he's just writing in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. But please understand, Moses was up in the mountain for 40 days on two occasions. So two periods of 40 days, 80 days without eating or drinking. Do you get it? And keep in mind that the original test of the, of the actually both tests of the, of the um, Ten Commandments were already handwritten by God. And in one account in Exodus, God came down and had dinner with 72 elders of, of the Israelites. We are talking about we are talking about the mysterious divine being interacting with us, and so when a book is written in His name and for His name, and it is said that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, I need you to understand that there is a mystery behind the mystery. Mm -hmm. But in a, to finish the story about the, the Prime Minister, the 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 author of one of the people who originally discovered the Bible could discover that. The prime minister's name was buried in the Bible codes, written uh, how many years ago from Moses' days, and 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 in it was an assassination attempt. Wow! 
And he went, he traveled to Jerusalem and warned the prime minister. I don't know what happened, but he ended up being assassinated exactly as the Bible could say. Wow. You know, so um, don't disregard the Old Testament just because Christ has come. Christ came to fulfill the law, the Old Testament. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm going to read this passage from um, the Amplified Version of the Bible. Okay. Romans 4 and verse 17. It says, As it is written in Scripture, I have made you a father of many nations. That is God speaking to um, Abraham. In the sight of him whom he believed, that is God who gives life to the dead. So please, I need you to pay close attention. This passage reveals two things, right? It reveals the faith of Abraham, whom we can relate with because he's human like us, okay? But then it also reveals the nature of God. Okay. I don't know whether I can say the faith of God because okay. we, we have faith in God, but if we say the faith of God, who, who, who is he believing? <laughs> so I say the nature of God, but I say that to say that faith that we, you and I have been invited to become people of faith, it turns out God himself is a God of faith. Okay. It is his nature. It is That is how he is. And one in Ephesians, we were said that we, are, we were told Imitate God as their children. Ephesians chapter 5, I believe, verse 1. And if you go back to Genesis, it says that when God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit were in conference, they were in conference. Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. They conferred with each other. To be made in the, in the image and in the likeness of God is to be someone who also does what? exercises faith, because God himself, according to this scripture, exercises faith. Now, in this verse, which says, verse number 17, the latter part, that God gives life to the dead and calls things into being which does not exist. That actually is a function of faith. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. These are the two functions of faith, two things faith will do for you. As a matter of fact, if you want to ask the sum of it all. What is the net net? What is the bottom line? What is the final impact, full impact? When, when our faith grows and we are able to develop ourselves into, uh, uh, into a place where we do not stagger, faith is to stagger not. What will be the outcome of it? What will be the benefit of it? What will be, how would that help us? Well, he said God gives life to the dead. One of the things your faith will bring to you is that dead things can come back alive. Things that are dead, it may be animate things or, inani or inanimate things because faith actually connects you to a higher realm where the laws of a higher realm would supersede the laws of the lower realm. Does that make sense? Yes. So that when Lazarus is dead for four days and they told her, they told Jesus, they told him that he's dead and he's thinking now. That did not deter Jesus. 
because his faith was at a certain level, which in his world, in the world he lives in, even if something is dead, it is only dead in this lower world, but in the higher realm of heaven where he's speaking from. Jesus was walking the earth. His feet was on earth. But my dear brother or my dear sister, his feet was on the earth, but his head was in the heavens. Amen. This is the invitation to us that, that reality gets redefined when we step into this arena of faith. What is real becomes, is totally, totally changed for you. What is possible changes so that God who calls, who gives life to the dead, that is a na the nature of God. That is the nature of God. Now you and I are being invited to believe that when things are dead, that is not end of story. When things are dead, that is not end of story because we live in the resurrected life. And with this heart and with this mind, that things can come back to life. So that's number one thing faith will do for you. Resurrection. Amen. Raising, bringing things that are dead back to life. Hallelujah. Amen. Number two, God who called the dead and then number two calls into being that which does not exist. So this one is something that does not exist is called into being. In other words, something that is not there, faith is calling it for it to appear in the, so that it will be, become visible. Is that making sense? Yes. So I don't know which one is, which one is harder. Something that is dead that you are bringing to life or something that is not there, but you are calling it into being. Which one is harder? Uh, we are taking votes here. <laughs> Both are hard. <laughs> Both are hard. <laughs> Amen. This Elizabeth said, "Both are hard." Somebody said the second one is harder. <laughs> because because if the thing is dead, at least you can see it, <laughs> and, and maybe <laughs> maybe your faith is going to put CPR in it. But you see, here's the deal: the journey of faith, okay, is intended to expand the possibilities of reality for the believer. The journey of faith is intended to expand the, 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 the range of what is possible. Because in the nat natural world, we have a notion of what is possible based on the restrictions of the natural world. Like, like we learned in economics, something called diminishing returns. If you keep adding and adding one factor to, uh, uh, you know, a certain constant something at a point you are not going to it, it's going to go into reverse and what we see all around us seems to be true you see something that used to be very nice like look at how the last time you painted your house and you stood back and you enjoyed it because in this corona days you even get anyone to come and visit your house and tell you uh, your house is nice yeah preaching so so, so now you paint the house, you look at it, and it's nice. You get it. But then, after a while, before you know it, the house, the wall has become a slit where people, <laughs> people practice their doodling skills. People, uh, certain, certain, certain citizens, certain citizens, certain, of, certain, of that place, 
who also have full rights in the in the in the house. They consider that place. So 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 it's just a picture of how things deteriorate. Okay, how things deteriorate. I mean, your own physical strength. I was looking at a, a certain commercial, and there's this grandfather who is has gone to the park with a eight-year-old grandson. And I forget what medicine they were doing the commercial on. And all I remember is one line. How can I keep up with my grandson? Because the speed and the strength with which he's running, and he has the whole the grandson. Let's go, grandpa. You see, the child, the, the child does not and, and grasp the idea that he doesn't have the same energy that he has. Right. You get it. So all these are telltale signs. Some time ago, some time ago, I had a, what did I have? I had a condition. I think I had some type of back uh, pain or something. And, and they, they, they told me from now on, when you are picking something heavy from the ground, mm -hmm. do you get it? Yeah. Don't, don't go the pick us position. You do not pick us. <laughs> do you know pick, pick us? You know yeah. how you bend, how you bend like that and you go like that. They yeah. say that is not healthy for you. They say go a squatting position. Okay. Because mm -hmm. you are not young like you used to be. That's what the doctors told me. <laughs> <laughs> they, they say they say go like you are squatting, and then you lift it up. That way it is less of a strain on your back. Do you get it? Right. But of course, if you are used to uh, doing uh, that a long time, it's a whole way of new way of thinking that you have to remember. Do you yes. get it? All these things are signs of the deterioration conditions in the world. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and because of that, our minds are conditioned, our minds are conditioned for things are going to get worse. In fact, sometimes when people are having a good life or enjoying something, there is a fear within them that this thing cannot go on, cannot be straight. Life cannot be straight like this. It, it, it's got to, it's something bad has to happen. It has to happen. Yeah. It's like, it's like we almost expect it. Yeah. We almost expect that something bad has to happen. Flat all down. of that, all of that, my dear friend, is as a result of the fall. As a result, as a result of the curse that came upon earth. But what Christ has been trying to do is that after he came to make his life a sacrifice and introduced us to the divine life and to the spiritual life by faith in him, he is training us coexist in two worlds. He's training us how to exist on this physical world where we need to operate in this world, but then he's showing us another world whereby we shall grow our faith and continue to trust God on his promises, even when it doesn't appear that anything is going to happen, because we know that there is a force and a power behind the promises of God. There's a reality behind what God is saying. In the same way that a little child who stares into your face say, I, I, I want I want something. Maybe they know that you have your, your, your wallet is fat. They know that there's money in it. Even if you tell them there's no money in it, because they believe that there's money there, they will keep on making their face and they will, they will be looking at you. Right. So now, two things faith will do for you. It is the nature of God and God himself is it demonstrates faith by calling the thing that are dead to come into being and then also 
the thing that do not exist, God is not deterred by the thing that's not existing. He said, oh, it's not a problem. We can create it. This is the life you and I have been invited to. Number, verse number eight. In hope against hope. This is Abraham. In hope against hope, Abraham believed that he would become a father of many nations as he had been promised by God. He, in hope against hope. Faith is not a denial of physical reality. Listen to this very carefully. Faith is not a denial of physical reality. Faith is rather a recognition of the higher reality of God invading and superseding the physical reality. Does that make sense? Yes. So, it's, think of it like a, a, a dynamite and a big rock. Normally, a rock is difficult to break through. And you can spend hundreds of years trying to use pickers, pickers to, <laughs> to try and break the big rock down. So it will look impossible, but when higher technology comes, higher technology, I remember when I, I was going to school, there was a time that students were told not to pass a certain road because from a certain time to a certain time, dynamites were breaking down rocks. And that higher technology of dynamite now comes down to defy, to defy the start, stark reality of the hard rock. Am I making sense? Yes. So see the dynamite technology as a, another realm higher than the realm where the rock exists. And when we employ faith, what we are doing is that we are trying to cause that power from the other realm to invade and to erase the limitations of the, the physical realm where every human being operates. But the transition, the transition, the period of when this happens is where we begin to stagger. The, the time interval between when the, 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 the thing that we are believing God for uh, and then when it actually happens, that waiting period is where it becomes hard and then at a point, we begin to stagger. So it says that Abraham in hope against hope, Abraham believed that he would become a father of many nations as he had been promised by God. So numberless shall your descendants be. Without becoming weak in faith, without becoming weak in faith, so when the promise is delayed, when the promise is delayed, the temptation is you become weak in faith. Every, anybody at all can have more faith when they have seen something. Do you get it? Like, like a, a certain um, sister, she, she came to church uh, with, with her husband and um, the, 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 the when the, I think they had a visiting minister, not in our branch, another branch, and the, and the visiting minister was making declarations, was making declarations, actually it was the local pastor, was making declarations about people who are giving and what they are going to get. Do you get it? Yeah. And when the declaration were being given, the, I think the sister, 
I mean, the, 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 the sister was lifting her hand to give. And the brother, who was not very regular in church, by the way, his faith level was very low. So the, the, the husband pulled the wife's hand down. You get it. <laughs> and, and the pastor noticed, noticed a few times that he's been doing that. Until people started giving testimonies of of how when the such in that meeting, what that type of meeting, when when they lift their hand and give, how God has been moving on their behalf. So when he had the testimonies, his faith increased. So the next time the, 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 the pastor said that the, the man lifted his two hands. It's like it's like it's like <laughs> He, and, and not only have they been giving testimony, he has also noticed people's lives. Some, somebody has yeah. bought the new car. Someone yeah. is like, all of a sudden, yeah. you know, his, his friends are alive. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so it's easier when you see something a little bit, you know, you see just a little bit to lure you along. That's why from time to time, I think we all need that a little bit, Sister Felicia, from time to time. I mean, God, show us something small. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But you see, the journey of faith is such that God, if God shows you the full picture and shows you everything, then it is no more faith. Because once you have seen everything, then you don't, there's no struggle to believe. That, that it's like, then what is the faith aspect of it? Hallelujah. Faith is the evidence of things hopeful. Hallelujah. So, in the journey of faith, Paul is using Abraham's life to teach us the process of faith. And if Abraham is called the father of faith, then his life is like a prophetic parable. Abraham's life is like a prophetic parable. In fact, many of the things Abraham was asked to do, you and I will not be asked to do that. Do you get it? Take Abraham and take Jesus. I mean, most of us are not going to be asked to go and uh, die on the cross. So, so the scriptures give you the two extremes so that you can operate within the extremes. Like Jesus hung on the cross when the Bible said, for the joy that was said before him, he endured the cross. Whatever cross you are enduring, it cannot be as high as Jesus' physical actual cross. Do you get it? So in the case of Abraham, look at what he's saying. Without becoming weak in faith, he considered his own body now as good as dead. Since he was about 100 years old. So what he said, the scripture is saying, in some of the translations, he said he considered not his dead body. Either way, the scripture is saying that there was the physical reality of Abraham's body, which was staring at him. In fact, if the body was not staring at him, Sarah's comments alone will stare at his face. Do you get it? Yeah. For Abraham to be able to do the act, the physical act of sexual intercourse and to have a baby at his age, mm -hmm. you must have a lot of confidence. Oh. And one, one, when we are doing marriage counseling, for young people who are going to get married, one of the things we tell them that look, be very careful what you say the first time you see the person's body. <laughs> because if you pass one little comment, it can destroy everything. I mean, like <laughs> the 
the confidence, the confidence that a person is coming with can dissipate. Shut it. So don't say. <laughs> don't say <it> such things. <laughs> Because Forget. So, 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 so imagine, imagine Sarah, you can, at Abraham's age, and he's trying to make a move. I mean, Sarah can laugh, or, or she, she may say, what do you think you are about to do? What do you think you are doing? <laughs> this, <laughs> that alone can, and, and immediately, immediately, Abraham will have to change his mind. Oh, I mean, my, 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 I think my pants was tight. I was just, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, it's like in the classroom, you lift up your hand to answer a question and then immediately you forget what you're going to say. And yeah. the teacher calls you, the teacher calls you, then you say, oh, I was just going to scratch my head. You have to, you have, you have to find something else to say because it is an awkward situation. Yeah. You get it. But Abraham has something staring in his face. He has something staring in his face. He had an alternative to turn to how he said he considered not his own body as good as dead. Considering that he was 100 years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. That's another reality to deal with. Yeah. But these things were staring at him. That one is all on one scale, my dear friend. All of that, the impossibility of impossibilities. He said, against hope, he hoped. Why did he hope? Why did he hope? Maybe we should continue reading. Without becoming weak in faith, because all of that is speaking to you, and it is intended to make you get weak in faith. Your circumstances and the way things have become are intended to weaken your faith. And nevertheless, he didn't become weak in faith. Verse 20, but he did not doubt or waver in unbelief. The King James said he staggered not in unbelief. Mm -hmm. The Amplified Version said he did not doubt or waver. Amen. Okay, amen. In unbelief concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong and empowered by faith, giving glory to God. You see, so this is what Abraham did. This is what Abraham did in verse 20. What Abraham did is summarized. You see, the previous description is what was going through his mind, right? Verse 19 is talking about he didn't become weak in faith. This is an internal something. He didn't become weak in faith. He ignored the way his body was presented. He ignored the reality of uh, Sarah. And then verse 20 explains for us the faith factor. He staggered not. He, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Unbelief will make us stagger. He did not doubt or waver in unbelief concerning the promise of God, but he did something opposite. He grew strong and empowered by faith, giving glory to God. How can you give glory to God when you are growing to become a hundred and the promise has still not happened? How can you give glory to God? That's the deal. That, that's, the, that's the thing. And MS, you can bring back the, the thing uh, and you can put it in the New King James. And we are going to start from verse 20 down. I mean, this is the journey of faith that Father Abraham took. 
that he did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. Start from verse uh, 20. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. He was strengthened. What is the source of this strength? Because you see, there's got to be something. When all things are working against you, the circumstances are not looking good. Your body is not looking good. Your wife's uh, 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 body is not looking Nothing is speaking to a promise. How can he be strong in faith, giving glory to God? How can you give glory to God in the midst of this? Mm. That is where a line separates the men from the boys, the girls from the, from the, the, the women. Because the ability to give glory to God, whilst you are still in that liminal space, when you are still in that period of not seeing anything, that is what sets you apart. That is what sets you apart from other people. That is what sets you apart from other people. But what is actually the fuel for that? What fuels that strengthening of faith? What fuels the ability to praise God, ability to give glory to God, even when the situation is harsh against you? That's the next verse, verse 21. Being fully convinced, being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Being fully convinced that what God has promised, he was also able to perform. This is the thing that drove Abraham. He, he was telling her two things. One is the word of God and the promise of God. The other one is what? The circumstances and the reality, physical reality. And he considered the word of God as full of the word efficacy, effective, able to make a change. Hallelujah. You can, you can um, bring back the, the people. So, 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 that, so that is the journey. Because when we look at Abraham and we look at his struggles, he even went as far as, you see, you see that's one of the things that I love about God. You see, God, eh, one day somebody saw a vision of heaven and they, he was shown a book the book of the destiny of, their, of, 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 of her life. And the angel was opening the book from page to page. And the, she was invited to come and look through the book. And the book only contained good stories. Like only good things. The book only contained, and she was, as she was reading through the book, she, she, she was, and the book was numbered by, by, by different chapters of the age, age, age period that she went through. As they were going through, she was, she was, uh, what do you call it? Um, she was bracing, like, like if you are driving in a car and, and you know there's a big pothole and you didn't discover the pothole and, and you know you are about to enter the pothole, you brace for impact. Do, do you get it? Yes. So, so the lady, as we were going to the page, it got to a point she was bracing for something bad that she knows happened in her life, and surprisingly, she got there and the page was blank. And the next part, chapter was a good thing. She asked the uh, angel, I, I thought something bad, terrible, I, I did something terrible here. And the angel said, the father does not keep records mm. of all these things. The father has wiped it all out. It's not in his, in his memory. Do you get it? The reason why I say that is that as you read this story, 
as we read this story, nothing is mentioned about how Abraham even went to follow his wife and went to get uh, Hagar pregnant and get uh, Ishmael and all that. All of that is not mentioned here. In fact, it is mentioned in Galatians. It is mentioned in Galatians and the discussion was something different. It was not brought into discussion to shame Abraham or to, the, to, 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 the, to this, um, disgrace Abraham. It was a different discussion. But here we are told Abraham continued. So you see, even after Abraham messed up and God said, look, this is not going to be the hair. The real child from Sarah shall be your hair. Abraham, who thought they were using a shortcut method to get the descendants, and God said, no, 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 that shortcut, that's what you, we have to go back to faith. <laughs> we have to go back to faith and go back to believing for Sarah to have a child. That's, so you cannot skip faith. Abraham, you are using uh, another means. You cannot skip faith. So he came back, and God continued to work with him, and he grew in faith. He grew in faith, and he did not stagger at the promise of God because his eyes was fixated on the effectiveness of God's word. Hallelujah. Amen. He believed that God's word is much more powerful and would be able to override all the other circumstances. Let me read something here as we close. The Bible is full of many fantastic promises. If you read the book of Isaiah, you will see beautiful promises of God and for his people. Amazing predictions of largeness. Some of these promises are so amazing that you could easily dismiss them as fairy tales. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, God is asking us, are we going to take his word and believe it? Meditate on it. Believe it and meditate on it until it has become our reality. Or are we going to tell his word as they are fairy tales? Like the guy who the first lover met in London and asked him, who is Jesus Christ? He's old. I don't think he exists. He's just a fictional figure that people believe in just to make, 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 them, make them cope with life. That's what somebody uh, on the streets of the UK thinks of Jesus. Is Jesus is Jesus a, 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 a fairy tale figure like uh, what's his name? The tooth. You know, there's one about tooth. What do they call him? Tooth fairy. Tooth fairy. Is Jesus like a tooth fairy to you, or is Jesus like a, a Santa Claus? Spider Man. Who, who, who again? Spider Man. Spider Man. Spider -Man. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I think there was a movie. There's a movie that all these fictional characters appear together. I forget the, the movie. It, one of the Christmas movies that a, a child grows up only to find that it's, it's not true. No, his word is not a fairy tale. He's inviting us to be hard pressed in a period where nothing is speaking to faith or encouraging, but you still hold on to the word of God. And that's why we are supposed to be there for each other because I can tell you, none of us is exempt from coming to a place where you don't think God's word is working anymore. But when one is up, one is down. When one is down, one is up and it can help lift them up because we are a body. May God help us to continue on this journey and not stagger in Jesus' name. Amen.